This is Talk To Me. The official podcast of MetalNexus.net. Your host, Joshua Toomey, bring you epic rants, anecdotes, and interviews with heavy hitters from hardcore A new life to hair metal. This is Talk To Me. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Talk To Me, the official podcast of MetalNexus.net. Make sure to head over to Metal Nexus right now for all of your metal news, reviews, interviews, and the archives of the Talk To Me podcast. This is episode 185, and I have two great guests for you today. Mark Tremonti of Alter Bridge and Tremonti, a former guitarist of Creed, is on the podcast. And then we also have WWE Hall of Famer, Jake the Snake Roberts. And if you're a guy roughly my age... You love some Jake the Snake Roberts, so an honor to have a WWE Hall of Famer on the podcast. So two great guests this week, and uh, let's get into the show. No podcast last week, moved into my new apartment. I will have a full rundown of why, maybe on next episode of What's Going On in My Life. And you guys know that this show, the Talk To Me podcast, is brought to you by our good friends Scott Bowling and Good Company with Bowling down in Atlanta, Georgia, who I just saw posted that he just interviewed HR from Bad Brains. How cool is that? So cool to see Scott doing so many great interviews, and hopefully I will be down there early next year, down in Atlanta, Georgia, talking with Scott Bowling and Good Company with Bowling. Make sure you're checking out his show. If you like my show, you're going to love his show. Great interviews with Head from Corn, members of POD, Nonpoint, Stuck Mojo, Fozzie. Looks like Billy Gray from Fozzie just did some stuff over there. And done by our good friend Nathan Mowry, who also hooked me up with Jake the Snake Roberts. So i got to give a huge shout out to Nathan Mowry and to Jake's daughter for setting up the interview with Jake. It's, it's quick. It's like five, six minutes with Jake. But we get some good stuff in. And uh, talk about his upcoming tour. So a lot of fun there. But guys, make sure you are checking out Good Company with Bowling. Check it out on YouTube or scottgoodcompany.com. And let him know that the Talk To Me podcast sent you. So speaking of bad brains, let's check out uh, Eye Against Eye. You are listening to Talk To Me. Desire, 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 desire,
All right, that was Bad Brains with Eye Against Eye. Jam-packed episode today, guys. Thank you for checking out the podcast each and every week. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribed on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Spotify, iHeartRadio. If you cannot find the Talk To Me podcast, you are not trying. And also, if you want to support the podcast monetarily, make sure to head over to patreon.com slash talk to me. Choose a tier. Your monetary donations will be much appreciated. If you are checking out this podcast and you're a huge wrestling fan, this is not the interview for you. <laughs> uh, we talk about the upcoming tour that he is going to, that uh, Jake is doing. We talk a little bit about some of the uh, the past wrestling stuff, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's surface-level stuff, nothing too in-depth. I uh, talk a little bit about his time uh, with Alice Cooper and all that stuff, so uh, don't don't uh, don't hate on me too much, wrestling fans, for my interview with Jake the Snake. It was an honor to talk to Jake, and it's going to be a lot of fun, so I will talk to Jake the Snake Roberts. We will check out some Alice Cooper. Talk to Mark Tremonti of Creed, Alter Bridge, and Tremonti. What, what an incredible guy, man. If you uh, if you were into hardworking metal dudes, I mean, that guy could literally sit back on his laurels and just cash those Creed checks, I'm sure. But uh, he's always out there doing Alter Bridge and Tremonti, two, two massive guests on the podcast this week. And then we will listen to some Tremonti, do Rob Rivera's pick from the kit, check out his selection this week, and then I will talk to you soon. Hey, this is John Five, and you're listening to Talk To Me. Hello. Hey, Jake, it's Josh Toomey with the Talk To Me podcast. How you doing, man? Great. Fantastic! So it's an honor to talk to you, man. I uh, this is uh, it. definitely my the 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 podcast is mainly music, a lot of heavy metal dudes and stuff. So uh, you know, kind of outside the box with Jake the Snake Roberts on the podcast, and I'm totally excited no to problem, have, have you. How are you doing? Doing great, man. How's your health? I'm great. Living in Vegas, taking care of myself, clean and sober. Yeah, man, it's wonderful. So you're getting out on this uh, on the Dirty Details tour. Uh, what what do you, yeah. what do fans uh, what should fans expect on these on these shows? A little bit of everything and a whole lot of just mayhem. You know, <laughs> it's basically it's just uh, road stories that you know I wrestled for 36 years. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you pull out one story a year, you got a mess of stories to tell. And this is some of the wilder, crazier things that we did, you know, behind the scenes or in the ring or maybe in a strip joint. You never know. <laughs> but uh, some some bizarre things happened and some great practical jokes were played on each other, except our practical jokes uh, usually bring misery to somebody. So we'll, we'll let everybody else judge that. And other than that, I do talk a little bit about addiction and alcoholism mm-hmm. uh, just for a few minutes and... Uh, offer the opportunity to anybody who wants any help and I'll be there after the show to sit down and talk to them if they want to try to get a better way at it or or find a way to get to where they need to be I'm there for them other than that we're going to have a meet and greet of course and um, sign some autographs take some pictures and have a good damn good time man and how are you enjoying the touring life where you're doing, you know, I mean, obviously wrestling, you were probably mm-hmm. doing six, seven days mm-hmm. a week, but, uh, yeah. but these, you know, when I looked up the dates, it looks like you're doing three, four or five shows in a row at a time. So how are you enjoying okay. that? I'm loving it, man. I'm getting to meet with a lot of fans and uh, talk to them about their favorite time in wrestling and, uh, what their favorite moments were. And, uh, I find that exciting, man. And, you know, kind of lights it back up for me. And, I kind of remember where I was at during that time, you know, so it's, it's a good thing. 
how are you taking the fans kind of coming coming out of the woodwork to see you in these shows? You know the uh... oh, I love it, man. Are you kidding? <laughs> what's not what's not to love, man? I, I appreciate the fans, man. Without the fans, I'd be nothing. Yeah, and uh, they loved me when I didn't love me. So that's that's saying a lot. No, we definitely all loved you through all the through all the ups and downs, and that's the one thing yeah. you know with the um you know kind of the two big documentaries that you were a part of. One being yeah. you know Beyond the Mat, and then the yeah, which was crap, <laughs> right? And then uh, but then the resurrection of Jake the Snake, man. That that when that came out, man, that took me back. You know, I'm 39. I'll be 40 soon. Mm-hmm. You know, when you were on top of the WWF, you know, I was 10. Yeah. You know, so I mean that was like my heyday of wrestling. So sure, you know, to see the resurrection of you and no kind of no pun intended there, man, that was a huge thing for, for me as a fan and, and to see that. Well, it was uh, hell to get through and it took some time to get through it, man, but Mm -hmm. you don't do something for 40 years and quit on a dime. Yeah. And uh, without diamond Dallas page, I would not be here today. I'd be dead and gone. No doubt about that. And uh, I can't appreciate that enough. Are you kidding Right. And well, that's the one thing kind of, you know, with, with pro wrestling, you know, you're, you're in a, in a conglomerate in a group, you know, like I, like I said earlier, we talk about, you know, I talk to a lot of band dudes, so that's, you know, four dudes on tour all the time, but you know, as, as much as you were a part of the WWF and, and whatever, whatever else you did, there's, you know, you're still kind of a solo act. So if you kind of, yeah. you know, if you go away for a minute, maybe, maybe people aren't check on, checking on you as much as, uh, you know, if you were in a band or something. Yeah, maybe not, but uh, I'm out there all the time now, man. I'm I'm enjoying my life, man, more so than I ever have. I've got a great relationship with all my kids. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just wonderful, man. It really is. Yeah, it's good to see the uh, the, the the kids thing too, and uh, yeah, you know, it's and you're looking good healthy. Times are ahead. <laughs> you know, good times are ahead, man. Absolutely. Looking looking forward to coming out too, bro. Um, can I bring up a couple of uh of matches in the past and stuff? Maybe a couple of people that um and get your perspective on a few things. A couple, yeah, before I have to get out of here, yeah. All right, how much time do you have? Just a few minutes, man. I've got to go to the airport. All right, cool. Um, well, just make it real quick then. Um, what was your, kind of your perspective on the Austin 316 promo, you know, since that was kind of done at Didn't you? Didn't bother me at all. I mean, I, I helped him do it, you know. I mean, um, Steve was a great talent that uh, not many people believed in at the time. Mm-hmm. But I knew what was possible, and um, I was behind him on, on that 100%. Absolutely. Um, was that WrestleMania three when you did the Alice Cooper uh, yeah. walk in there? How, yeah. how did that come together? And was Alice good to work with back then? Oh, he was great, man. I wish I'd listened to him more. He talked to me about alcoholism then, you know, and because uh, <laughs> he'd had his battle. And um, if I'd listened to him, maybe I'd gotten clean sooner. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's definitely something yeah. you need to, to listen to there. Uh, absolutely, man. Buddy of mine brought up the Andre the Snake heart attack uh, yeah. angle there, man. I, I love that one. That was crazy. Damn, John wasn't afraid of anything. <laughs> All right, guys. Y'all take care, man. All right, Jake. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye.
<laughs> doing well, doing well. This is uh, Joshua Toomey with the Talk To Me podcast. I appreciate you taking some time today, man. Cool. Thank you. All right, so what are we on to, to promote here? You're like one of the most active dudes in metal. You've got your uh, the latest Tremonti album out, came out in June, the latest Alter Bridge live album in uh, September. You just did the European tour with Iron Maiden, and you have another uh, tour coming up, man. What's uh, what, are we, what are we here to promote today? Uh, I'm not, you know, I got a book out as well. Um, <laughs> man. You know, I'm getting ready to, to do another print of it, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't I don't think you can get those anymore. But I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I think about five weeks from now that I'm another print ready. But other than that, just uh, promoting some downtime for the next week and a half. There you go. Uh, so, what was it like kind of doing the whole concept album in the book? Now that it's been been a few months and uh, it's been out and people are enjoying it. Oh man, it was probably the most satisfying creative moment of my career. You know, it was uh, you know. I've had this bucket list item of, I wanted to, I wanted to write a book, um, um, before I died at some point. So I figured this would be the best time to, to do it. Not a biography, but a, but a fictional story. And, mm-hmm. and uh, cause I'm just such a big fan of authors and reading and, uh, finally got that done and got to make it, uh, you know, go along with the, with the concept record. So it's, it was, it was a very fun process. Now, with all of that, was there ever talk of trying to do anything, you know, a Netflix or a Hulu type show or, or take it to that level? Or, or did you just, you know, were you satisfied with, uh, you know, album and book? No, I mean, we're moving forward with uh, getting publishing deal, or trying to trying to solidify a publishing deal. And then uh, once we go from there, we'll, we'll look at TV and, and movies. So we'll, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. The uh, the latest Mega Millions was like one point six billion dollars, right? And uh-huh. um, you know the everybody when they buy their ticket, they like start thinking about you know like what happens, you know like one day you've got eight bucks in the bank and the next day you've got a lot of money in the bank, right? And uh-huh. uh, with with you coming on, I was like, you know what he 
he probably experienced that at some point in Creed. Like, you know, one day the, the bank account's kind of low, and then the next day you're like, holy shit, I can take care of my entire family. You know, what was that for you? Um, you know, it was never, it was never kind of an overnight thing. I think we just, uh, you know, took it, it, you know, by the second or third Creed record, things were, you know, we were, we were, we had a, you know, we had our success and it was, life was changing for us. But I think, you know, just to put things simply, you know, back, back when I was in college, I'd go to the mall and go grab some shoes or something. And I'd be jealous of all these, you know, <laughs> frat, frat kids and rich kids with their parents paying to put them through school and they can buy whatever they wanted. And, you know, you, you see all these things that you want back then when you don't have any money. And then when you finally come to some success, you go back to the same place. You're like, this is just a bunch of junk I don't need. <laughs> so it's, uh, I think, just being on the opposite side of the fence of being able to, uh, you know, af- afford a new pair of jeans or afford this or for- afford that. I think once you get there, you realize you don't need all that junk. Right. You know, it's, it's, uh, I think that's probably it's kind of liberating in that way. And plus, in the situation you were in, you're in one of those situations where once you get the money, then all of a sudden, the jean companies and the shoe companies and everything else probably want you to wear their stuff for free. So it's kind of a uh-huh. kind of a crazy place to be. Yeah, but it was like I said, it was never an overnight yeah. um, zero to hero thing. You know, it was just kind of scraping by until until things got comfortable, and I'm, you know, still fighting a good fight and and trying to um, keep that on the back burner as far as priorities and just make my art and uh you know there's there's a lot of things i do and spend a whole lot of time on that that i'll never see a penny from but i'm glad i spent the time doing it you know the one thing with with tremonti and even alter bridge to an extent you know you guys kind of play earlier in these earlier in the day on these festivals you know uh, but you know you personally have sold you know probably more albums than most of the bands on the bill combined but uh, is it is it humbling for you to kind of go on early in the day? Is that do you you feel comfortable with that? You feel uh, you feel good about that? Well, I get to go on. I get to kind of live the best of all worlds. I get to be the underdog here. With uh, when I start a new project, every time when Alter Bridge first started, we were the underdogs. We were playing as soon as the festival opened. Now we now we play right before Metallica, right before Iron Maiden. We're we're, we're second on the bill to Aerosmith and nice. all these, you know the the biggest bands in the world. Um, and hopefully, uh, uh, 2020, we'll get the headline, uh, these, these monster European festivals, but, uh, with Tremonti, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still an afternoon, early evening kind of band. And, and, uh, I like being the underdog. I like getting in there and having people go, who the hell is this band? And, uh, you know, still a lot of people have no idea who we are. So it's good to go out there and prove ourselves. You did mention Iron Maiden. How did the Iron Maiden end up, uh, Iron Maiden tour end up going for you? Oh, it, was, it was insane. You know, it was just one of those moments where the first night you play and you say, next up is Iron Maiden, and you just, it, <laughs> it just hits you. you know, this is uh, finally finally made the big time. You know, it was, uh, Iron Maiden was the first concert I ever went to as a kid, and to be able to walk down the, you know, dressing room hallway and see their doors next to, you know, next to ours or whatnot is pretty, pretty insane. The... You know the band Tremonti, and um, I believe you share a guitarist with uh, with John Connolly and his uh, what is it a um, what is his project Projected uh, pro- Projected Yeah, <laughs> like I, I didn't want to say his project uh-huh. Projected, but uh, you know you share a guitarist there. Uh, you know Seven Dust obviously took Creed out back in the day. Um, 
you know, I know you guys have toured a lot together. You guys, uh, I believe he's down in Orlando now with John Connolly. You know, what's the uh, that that kind of like uh, incestual relationship down there between all the bands? Uh, well, John's one of my best friends in the world. You know, our um, our kids grew up. Our our wives are best friends. Uh, we're always we kind of we live the same kind of lifestyle. We're here a month, gone a month. So when we're together, we have a great time and uh, always show each other the new records before the rest of the world gets to hear it. And, get an opinion from a respected uh, buddy and uh you know we're just it's just uh it's just family you know especially john you know john's the, you know definitely closest to me in seven us but the rest of the guys i've toured with seven us more than any other band uh, <laughs> in the world so it's you know like i said back in the creed days we had seven dust out with us and then uh i'm going on tour with seven dust uh early next year with tremonic very nice. Yeah, there's definitely um there's definitely a time period in there that if you wanted to be break it and be the next big band, you know, you open for Seven Dust for a tour and then the next thing you know you're selling um, you know, like multi platinum records. Yeah, no, they're they're great friends of ours. So they're uh you know, we've like I said we've done more shows with them than anybody. I mentioned at the uh, top of the interview, the Alter Bridge live album, uh, live at the Royal Albert Hall, came out. Were you uh, were you satisfied with the way that came out and the uh, fans' uh, uh, reception to that? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, fans have gone gone crazy about it, and we, you know, we put a lot of a lot of thought and effort into into doing it, and uh, you know, we practiced the hell out of our set before we got with the orchestra. And, and we're glad it turned out the way it did. The guys, the guys who filmed, the guys who mixed, the guys who did the the live show itself. It was all top notch, and, and uh, we're glad we captured that night. When you when you do a live album, and you you know you know you're being recorded for a live album, do you play differently on stage? Do you maybe not rock out as hard? Do you kind of stay a little stationary and think about what you're playing, or uh, are we in a time now to where maybe some of that stuff you can fix in the uh, fix in the uh, studio? No, we try our best not to fix much. You know, we um, you know we recorded two nights just in case there's a broken guitar string or you know your your voice cracks or or whatnot. But um, pretty much that DVD is is all the second night. Um, I think there was one note I hit on the guitar that I, that I heard on the mixes that I wanted to replace with the, with the first night. But other than that, it's, it's, uh, it is, it is what it is. And, um, yeah, when you're playing a, a live show like that, you try to be as calm as you can and, um, make sure you're practiced up, uh, well in advance and, and just kind of not be too uptight and let it, let it flow, you know, and that's what we did. And I do feel like you get this a lot with, you know, having Tremonti and Alter Bridge and even, you know, some some Creed stuff pops up here and there. But, you know, how do you compartmentalize all of your riffs and your ideas? You know, when you want to do a concept album for Tremonti, you know, you've, you've got this going on. But I believe, if I read correctly, even the, the idea for the concept album for Tremonti came as you were warming up for an Alter Bridge show. So how do you, um, you know, car- compartmentalize all of this? Uh, well, as soon as I finish one record, I, I dive right into the next. So as soon as I finish that record, I'm, I'm writing the next Alter Bridge album and um, spending all my nights working on that at the moment. And, uh, you know, as far as if I write something that doesn't quite fit Alter Bridge, I'll just store it for the, for the next Tremaine record. And then how how closly, uh, mo- how, let's see, what's the question here? How closely do you monitor 
like the Guns N' Roses and Miles Kennedy with, with Slash and, and all of that stuff to kind of know what when you're going to be able to do stuff or, you know, do you guys, are you guys kind of in harmony together or are you guys, uh, you know, not too much overlap there? Yeah, no, we, we plan ahead and, and make sure that uh, any project we work on has the proper amount of time to go and, and tour on it. So uh, we, we're going in the studio next year in, in March and April with Alderbridge. Um, and then I'll go back on tour with Trelawney as the record's being mixed and uh, my tracking is done. And then uh, it takes it takes three or four months for everybody to set the record up through press and through the record label and, and just distribution, all that stuff. So it's uh, it's a good time for me to go back out with Trelawney and, and get the last uh, big tours out of the way. And then, then we'll jump right into Ultra Bridge Touring. In, in, in kind of doing some uh, research for you talking to you today, there's something that came across was a, was it a project called Downshifter with Jamie Josta and Joey Jordison? Did that ever even make it to like demo form? No, it's kind of a rumor that started, you know, I don't know. I can't remember where it started from, but uh, yeah, it never happened. You know, I've, I've you know, um, Jamie, I've, I've hung out with a ton of times just doing interviews and whatnot and shows, mm-hmm. but uh, Joey, I've never met in person, to be honest <laughs> with you. I think, um, a girl he used to date, I used to know, and, and maybe talk to him over the phone once, but that was that's about the extent of it. That's strange, yeah. And it was like two thousand. It said two thousand four. I was like, that's a very odd, almost timing too. But uh, for everybody kind of coming up, for you know those guys coming up, and you were coming off Creed and all. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be a cool project. You know, maybe you should look into uh, resurrecting Downshifter. I don't think I have a minute to do to do anything <laughs> at this moment. You know, Downshifter actually turned into a TV show that that I developed with, uh, um, gosh, with with Miles. Me and Miles do the music, and uh, it was actually a rock and roll puppet show. <laughs> it was I I thought it was hilarious. We did a trailer. I think we put it up on YouTube so people can check it out. One past member of uh, of, of of I believe Tremonti was a Wolfgang Van Halen. Am I correct on that? Yeah. Yeah, he played on two records. And uh, what was the, what was kind of having a Van Halen in the mix for, for you? I'm sure as a guitar player, I'm sure his dad was a uh, a huge uh, icon for you. So um, how was uh, having his son in the band? Oh, it was awesome. You know, he's um, you know it's, it's, he's the kind of guy that if uh, if you didn't hear his last name, you'd never you know put two and two together that he's he's the son of you know the biggest American rock band of all time. Um, well, them and Aerosmith, but, mm-hmm. um, he's just a normal, you know, just, uh, you're just hanging out with your, your, your bro, you know? So it's not, uh, you know, we didn't sit around talking about Van Halen all the time. It was just one of those things where he was in the band, we were buddies. He, he was very, he's very talented. Um, and, uh, he laid down the bass as good as anybody in the world and, and, uh, full of talent. But like I said, we didn't really talk about Van Halen too much until maybe we were going through LA and his dad and his mom would come to the show. And, uh, I remember being in the dressing room and sitting there warming up on guitar. And I noticed somebody standing about two feet behind me, just staring at me. And I turn around and it was his dad, you know, and, <laughs> That's uh, fantastic. you know, and looking up from the stage and seeing him with a big smile on his face, looking down at this kid playing, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it was pretty, uh, you know, when you when you actually saw him face to face, it was pretty intense. But for the most part, it was just you know buddies hanging out, jamming. Were you an Eddie guy growing up, or is he uh, is he one of your guys? Oh, uh, I think yeah, I think Eddie's everybody's guy. But um, <laughs> I was uh, my older brother Mike. He was more into Van Halen 
he was like into Van Halen and Ted Nugent and Kiss. A lot of the um, more commercial, um, as as in huge bands back in the day. My other brother was into metal, and I was kind of more along his lines. I was more into the Slayers and and the Exodus and the <clears throat> the Venoms. So uh, Van Halen was a little mainstream for me back then, but but I always loved the musicianship in the bands. How did how did growing up on Venom and and uh, you know Exodus and Slayer, you know when did your kind of musical landscape change to to do a Creed? You know because obviously that's not. I mean it has some heavy moments. Don't get me wrong, but it's obviously not on the same level as a Slayer. No, yeah, it was uh, just one of those tricky situations where you grow up and you want to be something you want to be in a certain band and then you go to college and uh, or even in high school and junior high school so I, was, I was in band since i was in seventh grade um and uh you have to surround yourself with whoever else you know friend friendly wise that plays instruments so when i got to college i got together with you know scott brian and scott and everybody has their different influences and when i sat down and did the metal galloping and, the, and they had the metal tone they all kind of <laughs> looked at me like what the, the hell are you doing so, um, you know, I just had to, um, you know, I had to make it work and, and we, uh, I wrote songs that kind of fit the personality of the four characters that were, were, uh, at play in the band. So it's, you know, Termani is kind of the closest I've gotten to what I grew up with, but I kind of, uh, you know, your, your tastes change over the years. And I think I like a mixture of, of that speed metal thing, but I also love just melodic, uh, you know, growing up in the back of mom and dad's car, listening to Rod Stewart, that kind of stuff. I try to um, fuse those two worlds together. Did you ever feel like an imposter in Creed? Like, did you ever feel like, no, guys, really, I'm, I'm like this and want to play like Angel of Death or or did any of that stuff ever cross your cross your mind? No, I just felt like, um, no, because I, 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 all this stuff in Creed, I, I, you know, I was, I was you know, me and Scott wrote all that stuff, mm-hmm. so it's, it's a big part of me. But uh, it's—I uh, did feel like I want to get heavier, I want to get faster, I want to—you know—I do love the melodic stuff, I do love the finger style stuff, and the and the uh, more straightforward rock, big melodic. You know, we tried to do the anthemic kind of choruses and all that stuff, and I love doing that. But uh, I definitely wanted to lay down the metal uh, more, but. Um, mm-hmm. It just wasn't. It just wasn't happening, <laughs> <laughs> right? No, and uh, it's funny. I was kind of going back watching some Creed stuff today, but then I ended up just watching the movie Creed. Um, <laughs> were you kind of bummed that the uh, the actual movie, the, uh, the the boxing movie that just came out recently, or Creed Two is coming out, that they didn't incorporate you guys in it somehow? The bastards. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it's it's cool. A bunch of people came to me and were like, "Aren't you getting? You know, they're calling their movie Creed. You guys should do this and you guys should do that." And I think it's great. You know, so I saw the movie and I thought it was awesome. Oh, it was a fantastic so, movie. I was, you know, grew up on the Rocky movies and I thought it was a great one. I'm actually looking forward to Creed too. But uh, they should at least put like with arms wide open in the credits or something. You know? Yeah, I don't know if it fit. You know, you watch the movie. It's it's definitely not a Creed kind of. I don't know. It's more. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we'd fit. <laughs> and plus i guess if you know with arms wide open it's probably not a very good boxing stance oh, not not <laughs> one bit maybe are you ready or something would be a good song there you that. go 
Well, very cool, man. Um, so you've got the, the European tour with Tremonti coming up. Um, you know, what else is on the horizon? Uh, we, we, you know, we talked about the reprint of the book, uh, you know, possible TV movie type stuff. Um, you know, what are you, what are you currently working on and what's going on with the band? Uh, I'm writing the Alter Bridge record, the next Alter Bridge record. Um, that's all I'm, that's all I'm pretty much focused on. I'm focused on that and just, you know, practicing my instrument and, uh, that's it. You know, I'm kind of obsessed with pinball, so I, I kind of balance my life between working at my craft of the guitar, writing songs, and and, uh, and fueling my pinball obsession. How do, how do you get a pinball obsession? Oh, uh, you get you just get one machine in your house, and you, <laughs> uh, you you become obsessed. The pinball machine is kind of like a musical instrument, you know. And and uh, I'm getting I'm trying to get as deep into it as I can. You know, I'm, I'm learning how how to how to fix my own machines and, you know, solder switches and change this and change that and upgrade mods and all that stuff. So I've, I, uh, you know, yeah, I spent a lot of time. I'm either on YouTube looking up like guitar tricks or I'm on YouTube looking up, uh, restoration projects on for pinball machines. <laughs> what's, uh, what's your favorite pinball machine to date? Uh, medieval madness. Okay. What's the, uh, is that tied to anything or is that a, just a standalone? No, it's a, it's just, it's a game that came out, I think in 97 by Williams Valley. And it's, uh, you know, it's, there's a site called Pinside That's kind of the, one of the home bases for all of us pin fans, fanatics. And, uh, that's, I think that one's been top rated for, for many years. So it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely a, one of the fan favorites in the pinball world. Well, you definitely have to go to when you're in Pittsburgh, there's a pinball PA, which is a, uh, basically just pin- went there did you really <laughs> oh yeah yeah they weren't open but we got in contact with them and, and uh asked if i'd go tour the facility and i got to go there all day long and nobody else was in there except for a gentleman named fred cochran who let me uh take the tour and and played all the machines and uh rushed back to the sound check Wow, I didn't know that. I uh, the the one of the co-owners of that's the uh one of the hosts of the classic metal show so that's why i know of it Wow, nice. Well, they uh, they just moved their facilities somewhere else. So it's whether well, in the process of moving or they just moved. But I got to see the original headquarters. So it's it's like holy ground for me. Yeah, man, that's that's a, that's a crazy thing to be into is pinball. It's such a I'm sure I'm sure if I had one, I'd be so obsessed about it. I would it would it would drive me nuts not to be able to to do something. But man, there's just it's a very frustrating game. Ah, oh, you just gotta you just gotta enjoy it and and, and you, you know develop your skills. Did you play growing up as a at like a you know a local convenience store or anything like that like throw your quarter on there and wait for the next turn type type thing? No, you know when I when I got my first place back um, I don't know twenty years plus ago I uh, I had a game room and got my first pinball machine and fell in love with it and since then I've been collecting and now I'm getting into restoring and just uh, you know just obsessed with it. The good thing about pinball is you uh, everybody in this in the pinball world. Um, it's very friendly when you find somebody else is a fan. Um, it's exciting. You know, it's, uh, it's a big, nice, nice, big community. <laughs> Everybody's got to have their thing, man. That's awesome. Uh, you, you also brought up, uh, you know, jumping on YouTube. Um, how often do you get on YouTube and what do you look for as in like, uh, you know, watching people play, play your songs type stuff. Does that stuff, uh, interest you? I get on YouTube all the time. You know, um, I'll get on and put on the drum loops or that tracks or whatnot to improvise to or uh um i'll stumble on 
um, you know, some of my favorite guitar players doing camp demos or something, and I'll try to pick up some new tricks along the way. And then, um, you know, just trying to find new bands or uh, a lot of the times, to be honest, I look up uh, pinball tutorials as well, <laughs> and pinball, pinball uh, restoration techniques. And like I said, it's an even balance between the two. That's awesome. And that's the one thing I like about you is, you know, you've, you're, you're very successful at your craft, but you still are learning each day and trying to, trying to find new tricks, man. That's uh that's very refreshing to hear. Oh, thank you. No, I think with the guitar, um, uh, I've, I've, I've still, you know, I've, I've just broken the surface on what, what there is to learn on, on, on the guitar. It's just, you know, every day you, you learn something new. It's like going back to school again. It's, uh, you know, whenever you start a new technique, you suck like you did back in seventh grade. <laughs> you know, you just you just learn to be patient, and you learn the the ways to uh, get around. Uh, you know, you just gotta you gotta know that it's everything's possible. You know, I think when you first pick up a guitar, you think oh, I'll never I'll never be able to do that, but I think after years and years of doing it, you know, it might take you nine months, but you'll get it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's what I, I tell everybody that wants to play. They're like, you know, what do you do? And I'm like, you just, you just do it. It's like, there's, there's nothing, there's not a magic pill or anything. You just have to pick it up and, and try to play every day or, or as much as you can, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. But it's funny. Have you, you ever pick up a guitar left-handed and then you realize like, oh, this is what people feel like when they, they say they can't play guitar. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel left-handed every time I learn a new technique, <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm still, I still go back and work on the most simple, basic techniques um, and take it really slow stuff that I would never play on a record or never play improvising. I'll go back and play half as fast as I normally do, play it deliberately very slow, making sure every, every note's very deliberately played. And, and um, you know, I think when you do that a lot, you just you get a more solid foundation. Uh, we'll end on this. I do have uh, the the one uh, one frontman question for you. Uh, you know, being a being a backup kind of singer in Creed and kind of being you know taking a backseat to Miles Kennedy and Alter Bridge. <clears throat> how is it for you in Tremonti to kind of kind of be the singer, be the frontman? You know, how is that uh, that different for you? Um, you know, it's at first I was, I was worried about it when I first started, but uh, you know, I was worried about even being on the center of the stage. But I think once those lights go go down and, and the you're up on stage. It, it was comfortable. It felt like I'd been doing it forever. The only problem is uh, in between songs when all of a sudden there's a silence. It's like, oh, damn, what do I do now? So it's uh, it takes it takes time to to figure out your your stage persona. And uh, you know, I'm still learning best I can. And it's kind of tough when I when I do the front man thing for a year and a half, and then I stop for a year and a half and come back to it. It always takes me a few months to get comfortable once again. But um, you know, I've got my stick down now. I feel comfortable up there, and, and uh, I think um, I think I grew a lot as a front man when I had to uh, go on before Iron Maiden because you're you're in the band that nobody wants to see because they want to see their favorite band play, and you're just a band that plays for 50 minutes before they get to enjoy their favorite band. So you got to keep their attention, and and um, that was uh, that was like um, you know practicing. That was that was the best practice I think for being a front man for me so far. Yeah, and you want to be like, I get it, guys. I want to see Iron Maiden too. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, and I would, you know, obviously say Iron Maiden about a hundred times during during our set because it you say Iron Maiden the crowd cheers, so it's uh, that was pretty easy. 
Well, cool, man. Well, Mark Tremonti, man, thanks for taking the time today. Good luck on the uh, upcoming European tour, and uh, good luck with everything, man. You're, you're, you're a very hard worker, and it's very commendable. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you.
Good evening or morning or afternoon. I don't know what time of day this gets released, but good whatever. This is Rob Rivera from the band Nonpoint, and this is Rob's pick from the kit uh, here on the Talk To Me podcast. Uh, before I get to my pick, I want to tell everybody that this week, Nonpoint, my band, will be leaving to go out on tour once again. Um, we're going to do three shows before we meet up with our friends in POD. And those three shows are starting this Friday in Kansas City at Aftershock Live, Saturday, Oklahoma City at 89th Street, and Sunday, this coming Sunday, we're in Colorado Springs at the Black Sheep. Uh, support will be coming from our boys in Islander, who are also part of the POD tour, so it made sense to have them come and open the shows. Uh, there's going to be locals at all these shows, so please come out early and support because you never know when you might see the next band that will be hitting it big. Never know. So, and then from there, we have a couple of days off, which will be spent in Vegas. And then uh, we head to Los Angeles, California to play the famous Whiskey A Go Go. One more time, we're at the Whiskey where there's Passenger Butcher Baby. So, we're starting the tour of POD at the Whiskey A Go Go. And uh, you can go to nowpoint.com and get all the tour dates and nowpointstore.com to get all VIP information. So on to my pick. Uh, I haven't heard this band in quite a while. Uh, they were a pioneering band from Sweden and they pioneered uh, what people call the Swedish death metal sound that was always recorded. All these bands always recorded at Sunlight Studios in Sweden. And the band is called Entombed. Um, I was a big fan of their first two records, uh, Left Hand Path and Clandestine. I don't know which one came first or second, but the, they were the first two albums. And then I was talking to my buddy Sean Glass, uh, who used to be in Soil, who is now in this awesome new fucking thrash band, thrash metal band called Repentance. So you should check it out, Repentance. Um, we were talking about Entombed, and I was telling him, you know, that after the second record, I kind of fell off, and I had heard... Uh, the next record Wolverine Blues and I wasn't really into it and he said man that record's a masterpiece so and for him to say that because he's got a lot of very opinionated and he's got a lot of opinions on music that he likes and he's very passionate about the stuff that he likes so I went back listened to it went to Apple Music and started listening to it I said wow I really missed dropped the ball on that record so I bought it on vinyl, and it sounds amazing, and I listened to it today, and I was like, wow, how the fuck did I miss this? How did I ignore this? And it's just based on one song that I ignored it on, and based, and actually it's a song that we're going to be playing today. It's called Hollow Man, and it's from the record Wolverine Blues. I believe it's their third album. So check that out. Uh, it is mean. It is brutal. It is in your fucking face. So this is Wolverine Blues uh, in Tomb with Hollow Man.
This is Dave Lombardo, and you're listening to Talk To Me. All right, huge thank you to Rob Rivera for continuing to do his weekly Rob's Pick from the Kit. Thank you to Mark Tremonti of Alter Bridge, Tremonti and Creed for coming on the show. Huge thank you to WWE Hall of Famer Jake the Snake Roberts for coming on the podcast. And a huge thank you to you guys out there for listening each and every week. Thank you for supporting the show. If you want to support the podcast monetarily, make sure patreon.com slash talk to me. And if you want to just support the podcast for free, make sure you're sharing the podcast with friends, family, loved ones. Tell a buddy, bring a friend, and bring them over to the Talk To Me podcast. So for the Talk To Me podcast, the official podcast of MetalNexus.net, I am Joshua Toomey, and I will talk to you next Thursday.